Let's get this party started. Hello, and welcome to episode 13. It's great to have you listening. Whether you're a new listener or a regular, you are all welcome. In this episode, we'll look at the Christmas music of the late Doris Day. We learn about the song The Holly and the Ivy, and I'll show you my top five versions, and we do battle in this month's round of the Tinsel Tunes Battle Royale 2019. First off, I've got a stack of stickers here, and I would like to give them to you guys in return for leaving a review on Stitcher, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Facebook, or any other way that you listen to the podcast. Once you've done that, send me an email at tinseltunespodcast at gmail.com along with your name and the name you used in the review so I can match them up, along with where you left the review and your address. Don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button too. So why am I asking for this? Well, it helps get the podcast in the search results and hopefully into people's ears. Also feel free to share it around. Follow us on the socials. And if you go to tinseltunes.com, you'll find all the links there, or just search Tinsel Tunes Podcast on each social network to find it. Now for something really cool, Brian over at Christmas Past is hosting the Christmas Past Summer 2019 Christmas Cookie Swap from June the 25th to July the 1st. We'll bake, share photos, connect with our fellow Christmas lovers and of course eat Christmas cookies in the middle of the year without a care in the world. Head on over to christmaspast.media, click on the link on the front page for more information. The link will also be on the show notes for this episode. This will be awesome and I'll see you there. Also if you haven't read yet on our social medias, there is a new podcast you need to listen to. Our friend and great supporter of this podcast, Todd Killian, has started his own Christmas podcast called the Christmas Clatter Podcast. Todd celebrates the Christmas spirit all year and join him and his guests for monthly discussions about Christmas news, entertainment, gifts, decorating and everything else that makes Christmas special. Head over to christmasclatterpodcast.libsyn.com That's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Also iTunes and Spotify, so listen to the first episode titled Christmas Hope. Right, with those awesome announcements done, let's move on to learning a little about Doris Day. Doris Day was born Doris May Ann Kapiloff on April the 3rd, 1922, and she passed away recently on May the 13th, 2019, and she was an American actress, singer, and animal welfare activist. She began her career as a big band singer in 1939, her first hit recording being Sentimental Journey in 1945, with Les Brown and his band of Renowen. After leaving Brown to embark on a social career, she recorded more than 650 songs from 1947 to 1967. Doris Day also released a Christmas album, titled The Doris Day Christmas Album. It was released by Columbia Records on September the 14th, 1964, as a monophonic LP album, as well as a stereophonic LP album. Listed of some of the popular songs up to that date, Silver Bells, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Snowfall, Toyland, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Be a Child at Christmas Time, Winter Wonderland, The Christmas Song, otherwise known as Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, Christmas Present, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, 
The Christmas Waltz and White Christmas. In 1959, Doris's record label Columbia had contracted her to do a collection of Christmas songs with arranger and producer Frank Duvall, whom she had previously worked with on her hit singles Que Sera Sera and Everybody Loves a Lover. Doris had previously recorded a handful of seasonal songs during her earlier big band and solo years. This album was to have a mixture of traditional and pop tunes like The Christmas Song, Winter Wonderland, It's Beginning to Look Like Christmas, The Secret of Christmas, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, The First Noel, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, and Deck the Hall with Bells of Holly. The project got off to a quick start, and in preparation for Doris's vocals, Devol orchestrated all the backing tracks. However, for some unknown reason, she never finished the project and it was abandoned. In 1964, the idea was revived and Doris set to work on the Doris Day Christmas album, prior to the release that year of her movie Send Me No Flowers. This time, Dudley C. Pete King was to conduct the project. Dudley King had previously worked with the likes of Fred Astaire, Victor Mon, Jack Jones, Julie London and Dean Martin. Under his safe and watchful eye, sessions were completed on June the 18th, after only two days of recording at the legendary Columbia Records studio in Hollywood. Amongst the 12 finished tracks was a new version of Single Bells, a song Doris had previously recorded in 1950, penned by the same writers as her global smash, K Sara Sara. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner, you also took the opportunity to reprise the Christmas story, which she had originally sung 18 years before, whilst fronting the Les Brown Orchestra. The other songs had already become Christmas classics by the stage, and had already been associated with countless singers, but typically Doris adopted them as her own, giving magical performance of Garland's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, from her film Meet Me in St. Louis, Winter Wonderland, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, and even Crosby's White Christmas. And once released, White Christmas went on to peak at number 92 on the American Billboard charts. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know the album was re-released in 2003 on CD in Britain, which features the original sleeve artwork and is enhanced with some bonus tracks. These are the wintry I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm. The snow is snowing, the wind is blowing, but I can weather. well as two rarities previously unreleased in the UK. Deck the Hall with Bells of Holly, which was the only surviving track from the unfinished 1959 Christmas album. 
Let No Walls Divide, a biblical ballad which was commissioned in 1961 for the American compilation An All-Star Christmas, We Wish You the Merriest. Let no walls divide your world Pull them down today Take the stranger by the hand Lead him on his way The sound and the feeling and the warm atmosphere conveyed throughout the Doris Day Christmas album is still to this day able to truly capture the heart and spirit of the season. This year, make sure you add some of her songs to your playlist if you haven't got them already. They are beautiful songs and are well worth playing each year. Right, this month's feature, the song The Holly and the Ivy. This charming carol is based on an English folk tune and the song is catalogued as Roud Folk Song Index number 514. One of the oldest and best loved Christmas carols. The song dates from the 17th century, which actually is thought to have its origins as a 16th century French carol, but its symbolism is far older, dating back to the crucifixion of Christ. The composer is unknown, but the text was first published in a broadside dated 1710 and may have originated somewhere in the Cotswolds in the United Kingdom. Oh, and just in case you didn't know, a broadside is a large sheet of paper printed only on one side. Broadsides were used as posters, announcing events or proclamations and commentary in the form of ballads, or simply just for advertisements. The song was collected and published by Cecil Sharp, the founding father of the folklore revival in the 20th century. Sharp published this and many other English folk songs in his 1974 book Cecil Sharp's Collection of English Folk Songs. Cecil heard it sung by Mrs Mary Clayton of Chipping Camden, a small market town in the Cotswold district of Gloucestershire, England in 1909. Before we get into the lyrics, let's take a look at the history and meaning. Both the festivals of Saturnalia and Yule place great emphasis on evergreens. Romans would exchange bells of holly and ivy with their friends during the festival, while both the Scandinavians and the Anglo-Saxon pagans would decorate their homes with the evergreens they saw as symbols of eternal life. Holly and ivy were brought into the home during the harsh winter months as a sign of good luck and life because the evergreen plants were hardy and strong. Holly and ivy were also used as decorations in churches in the 15th and 16th centuries. This carol also takes on a religious symbolism with these plants. The red holly berry as Jesus' blood and the white holly flower for his shroud. Some think there's a further secret layer of meaning to this carol. Is the holly with its phallic prickles a symbol of masculinity and the clinging ivy of the feminine? As can be seen from each verse, the holly is deeply rooted, no pun intended, in pagan past and inspires Christian symbolism. A general consensus is... Holly's white as lily flower in the second verse is a reference to Christ's purity through Mary. 
In the third verse, the correlation is drawn between the red colour of Holly's berry and Christ's blood. Holly's thorny prickle in the fourth verse is an allusion to the crown of thorns worn by Christ. And as the bitter taste of Holly's bark mentioned in the fifth verse, this could be a reference to the drink offered to Christ as he hung on the cross. The Holly in the Ivy has a gentle tune to flatter higher soprano voices and an easy chorus for the rest of the crowd. It also packs a range of sediment-inducing buzzwords that conjure up ancient and settled countryside traditions of an ideal past, for instance the line, the rising of the sun and the running of the deer. Incidentally, Ivy only gets a mention in the first verse and sometimes in the last verse, which is merely just a repeat of the first verse anyway. And if you take the Ivy out of the song, would it still be the same? The holly and the ivy is a contest song and as mentioned, the holly represents man and the ivy represents woman and the rivalry between them. As the verses we sing now and have done for centuries focus on the holly, does that mean there are missing verses about the ivy? Speaking of verses, there are six verses, each separated by a refrain. For some reason, which I couldn't find, that in some versions the fifth verse is missed out as it reads, Holly bears a bark as bitter as any gall and Mary bore sweet Jesus Christ for to redeem us all. Surprisingly, even though this song is old, it hasn't been a popular song with pop singers. Here is my top five versions of The Holly and the Ivy. Number five, Roger Whittaker. What song doesn't Roger make sound great? His lively voice brings a quirky and fun uplifting sound to the song. The holly and the ivy, when they are both full grown, of all the trees that are in the wood, the holly bears the crown. Number four, Natalie Cole. Her almost haunting version sounds beautiful with her voice taking centre stage with a subtle backing from the orchestra. Number three, the Mannheim Steamroller. Such a folky sound to the start with the flutal whistle and the acoustic guitar followed by a gentle orchestra. Great one to have playing in the background while having a Christmas dinner or lunch. Bing Crosby. Another medley by Bing brings us What Child Is This along with The Holly and the Ivy. Yet another classic by Bing, his voice suits the song very well in the lower register. The backing vocals serve to enhance the song's beautiful feel. The Holly and the Ivy When they are both full grown Of all the trees that are in the wood the Holly bears the crown. The rising of the 
honourable mention, Cliff Richard with the Master Singers. Even though Cliff's voice is beautiful, I feel it's not such a good fit to this song as compared to others on this list. I actually like the different medleys of the backing vocals more. Still a very good version to add to your playlist though. The holly bears the crown The rising of the sun And the running of the deer The playing of the merry organ Sweet singing in the choir Number one, Matthew Green's Orchestral Rainbow. This was an album titled Christmas Now and Then, released in 1974, but I think it was mainly in Australia and New Zealand. When I was a child in the late 70s, I remember my father making a copy of this record and onto a cassette tape. I absolutely fell in love with this. It's almost rock opera sounding, along with an abridged version of Dickens' Christmas Carol spread in between the songs. Trying to get permission from the artist to hopefully do a whole episode on this album. There are some more songs, not all of them though, are on YouTube if you wanted to have a listen. Just search Matthew Green's Orchestral Rainbow. What did you think of that top five? I hope you enjoyed those. I really hope you do a search for Matthew Green's Orchestral Rainbow and have a listen. Tell me what you think in the comments for this episode on the website. Now on to the great Tinsel Tunes Battle Royale 2019. Are the virtuous, and we will not back down. Shields up, stand strong. It is time to prepare for battle. It's, it's time, time for, for the Great, great Tinsel Tunes, Tunes Battle 2019, and the results for May's round were quite interesting. Once again, uh, yet another surprise. You guys are surprising me a lot with with these. So I hope you had a chance to go over to the website and vote for your favourite of last month's ten songs. And the winner is drum roll, please. Sleigh Ride by The Ventures with 44% of the votes. Behind that was Merry Christmas Darling, The Carpenters with 17% of the votes and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by The Pretenders also with 17% of the votes. I thought a couple of others would have actually pulled this one out but uh, congratulations to The Ventures. Now to announce June's contenders. One is Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. Number two was Carol of the Bells, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Number three, Do You Hear What I Hear, Whitney Houston. Number four, Happy Xmas, John Lennon. Number five, Frosty the Snowman, Jimmy Durante. Number six, Lauren Diagle, Jingle Bells. Number seven, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, The Four Seasons. Number eight, Silver Bells by Johnny Mathis. Number nine, Merry Christmas Baby, Bruce Springsteen. And number ten, Brett Eldridge, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Head over to the website and place your votes. Or head over to the YouTube channel to have a listen to them. That should just about do it for this episode. I hope you had fun listening. I certainly had a lot of fun making it. Next month, we will be six months away from Christmas, exactly halfway, June the 25th, otherwise known as Leon Day. 
Don't forget to leave reviews on your podcast listen software of choice and let me know that you've done so and I'll send you that sticker. August will be our one year anniversary of doing the podcast and I would like to make it a listener feedback episode. Email me any comments you wish or any questions you want me to answer and uh, I will answer them through the podcast or record yourself saying a greeting or a question or anything really and I will include them in the episode in August. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say and I look forward to hearing and reading your responses. All right then, so be excellent to each other and rock on. And that's it again, we've come to the end of another episode. And as usual, I would love your feedback on it. Please leave me a comment on the website or send me an email at tinseltunespodcast at gmail.com. As usual, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes and Google Play and Podbean as well as Play FM and we are now on Spotify. And don't forget, we're also very social. Just do a search for Tinsel Tunes on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. In fact, if you leave a review on any of those platforms, I will send you a sticker. It is not the only way to get a sticker, however, because you can buy them through the merch store, but if you leave a review, I will send you one for free. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember, be excellent to each other, and rock on. All music use is either royalty-free, Creative Commons licensed, or used for commentary under fair use, and no copyright infringement is intended. And all links to relative songs are on our website. released in 1974 but I think it was mainly in Australia and New Zealand when I was a child in the late 70s I remember my mother nope I remember my father making a copy of this record